Welcome to MTG Ectoplasm, your home for spirits and spirit decks in the world of Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Dwight, aka D Blanco, a medium that wears an extra extra large. On this episode, we're going to be talking about not just one, but two interviews with spirit masters. And then also, we're going to be talking about a standard deck. A spirit standard deck. I hope I piqued your curiosity. Let's get this episode started, shall we? Let's go. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me on this episode of MTG Ectoplasm. Like I said, I am Dwight. I'm your host. You can reach me on Twitter at MTG Ectoplasm. Or you can email me at mtgectoplasm at gmail.com. I promise I won't be be boo sheet. Yeah, something I'm trying to uh, create. That's boo sheet. B-O-O space S-H-E-E-T. Boo sheet. Hopefully you get the, the pun. Well, you know what? Let's get this thing started. Uh, as I stated before... There was an interview this week with two spirit masters. Pretty excited about it. The first one was with Dr. Queller and the other one with Andre Segura. And both of them were on a Merfolk Masters uh, YouTube page. Now I have to shout him out and I want to say thank you to Nikachu MTG. You're 100% appreciated. And I want to thank you and uh, Andre Segura for knowing who I am and bigging me up on that particular episode. It is not, uh, did not pass me by. And I want to say thank you, thank you very much for doing so. But I want to start with Dr. Queller. That's right. Mr. PhD Queller himself. Now, if you're unaware, ladies and gentlemen, this this magic player took second place in the modern challenge just a couple of weeks ago. And what he did was something that is quite surprising, especially in the current meta. And you know what? He's proving that the white blue spirits in modern is the deck to beat. I mean, it's it's when percentage is about 80 percent i don't know about you ladies and gentlemen but 80 percent is really hard to beat that's that's if that isn't near tier one it has to be tier 1.5 we're like scraping there now everybody's busy trying to play your row and trying to be a big boy like oh yeah look at my row it's three mana creature that lets me do this you know what spirit spanks it yeah you heard that right you heard this from me it's it's not just from me ladies and gentlemen you'll hear this from dr queller you will hear this from uh andre segura now uh i want to take a few points from this interview Uh, i do recommend going to uh nika to mtg's a live stream where it's posted. Just just 
type in Nikachu MTG, then put in Dr. Spellcrawler or Andre Segura, and you can see these interviews. Phenomenal interviews. But what separated both Spirit Masters is one key thing that really struck me. They were both in agreement on how the main deck is situated. You know, they're all about, you know what, we, it's not about being aggro. It's just about putting creatures on the board, setting, setting a standard where you put your opponent on defense and then you're using Mausoleum Wanderer, you're using Spell Queller to screw over their course of action, their, their plan of attack. And then you're using Skyclave Apparition uh, to remove pieces that would be used against defense or offense against you. And I found that quite interesting that both Masters did that. And the fact that they agreed that, you know, uh, the way the mana base is set up, you know, uh, if you don't have... Uh, uh, Cavern of Souls, or you don't have Moreland Hunt as your land, in your land base, you're doing something wrong here. That actually caught me by surprise because I'm one of the few people who's like, eh, Moreland Hunt's okay. And then as I started looking and I started playing with my my personal tabletop group, I started realizing, you know what? These gentlemen are ahead of the t- ahead of the, ahead of themselves. They're they're above the curve. They they are really uh, using foresight of the decks that are in the current meta and the future. Because realistically, in Doctor Queller's uh, sixty main deck, you know the only non-creature spell in there is what Ether Vial. So why would you not be playing Cavern of Souls? It'd be foolish not to. And the fact that you could tap it for a colorless, oh, well, there you go. There's your uh, Aether Vial. By putting in um, the Moreland Haunt, well, there you go. You can use your Aether Vial or, you know, how we tend to sacrifice spirits or, you know, how our opponent goes out of their way to try to destroy our spirits. Oh, well, you know what? You killed my creature. I'll just recycle and get another 1-1, one, one, and hopefully there's a Lord on the board. Now this is flying 2-2, two, 3-3, two, three, three, and it's punching you in the face. The, these, this is honestly something I didn't consider, especially in the, the current meta, and bravo, gentlemen, for doing so. But back to what separated these gentlemen. What separated both of these gentlemen, is how they perceive the sideboard. You heard that right here. How they perceive the sideboard. Now, I'm in agreement with one, and I don't know if I'm wrong. There's a part of me that's like, well, if this master says he does it this way, and I do it the same way, am I wrong? I mean, I really have to look at both of their percentile winnings and go, hmm. And here's the difference. 
if you look at the list that Dr. Queller has, now I recommend going on to Google, you know, put type in MTGO Spirit Deck Dr. Queller. You can see his list. And what he said during the interview is that each specific card has its particular reason in being in that sideboard. Because he expects to see certain matchups at certain given time. And he has the answer for it no matter what. Now, what surprised me with that idea is that I, on the other hand, play like Andre Seguera. Andre Seguera, on the other hand, he plays with a soft sideboard. A soft sideboard. And then I was like, okay, well, explain to me the soft sideboard issue. And the way the soft sideboard works is that instead of setting against particular matchups, it's going to come weird. Let me let me rephrase this because even even I'm confusing how I'm saying it. He believes Tom Segura, I'm oh sorry, Andre Segura believes that there are a whole bunch of other decks out there. There's a whole bunch, 80 plus, 100 plus decks out there in modern. So it's really hard to just plan for just a handful of them because you never know what you're going to get in a tournament. Currently, you know, um, because of the COVID, we're, we're mostly doing MTGO. Certain, you know, LGSs are open where you're able to play, but you're not really truly playing competitively. It, it's more like a soft competitive, if you know what I mean. But you are playing multiple styles of decks out there, so it's hard to sit there and nitpick at what's going to be the main fixture out there. So you make, a, you make a sideboard, 15 cards, of the potential issues that you will come across and what are your weak points. So, for example, I think uh, Dr. Queller and also Andrea Segura believe in one simple fact. We have a tough matchup against Amulet Titan and also Tron. Now, we, we have those particular cards for those those decks. Hands down. Duh. Now, the other matchups, that's a different story. And then what I'm finding is that certain matchups that I see on MTGO are not the same matchups that I'm seeing at my local LGS. So it's kind of hard to go, you know what? I can't take the hard setup to my LGS. But I can take that hard sideboard to MTGO. That's not a problem. I can do that all day. Because people are creatures of habit. You know, not 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 be smirching those, you know, that uh web deck, you know, web deck. If that's you, that's you, congratulations. That's I understand. The other people that, you know, like to brew. I'm one of those who like to try to brew, and if I'm doing it wrong, I will look at nets, net decks, and go, mm. and if I'm wrong, I switch, or if I'm right, I stay. 
And usually I'm right in the soft at my local LGS. But I really think this, if you're a spirit player and you're playing modern, it is a moral imperative that you listen to both of these, uh, these interviews by the Merfolk master, Nikachu MTG. Moral imperative. Because I learned so much from both of these gentlemen. Now, now comes the time where you're going to go, okay, Dwight, tell me about this standard deck. That's right, a spirit standard deck. Now, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Jim Davis. He is a pro tour player. He's been out there for a while, and he's currently sponsored by Cool Stuff, Inc. Now, uh, I'm not saying to go out there and use use Cool Stuff, Inc. I'm not even sponsored by nobody, okay? I have my own business, and I don't even have my business, you know, sponsored this podcast. But let me just tell you about it. It's an interesting deck with, you know, interesting ideas. And as I explained, with the way that Kalheim was set up, there were certain coins in there that made absolutely no sense in the current state in modern or pioneer. But in standard, sure, I, if you have enough snow or capability or ability of playing multiple cards in one turn and not playing uh, reactively or proactively to an opponent, it makes sense. So this deck is called Casper's Revenge. Casper's Revenge has two Eidolon of Obstruction, for Ascendant Spirit, remember, the, this is the the uh, snow creature where you tap mana, you know, nine to boost it all, all, all the way up. Clarion Spirit, which allows you to, uh, when you play two spirits, uh, sorry, two cards at the same uh, same turn, you get a 1-1 one, one Flying Spirit. Ghostly Pilfer, Shacklegeist, four uh, Skyclave Apparition, and four Usher of the Fallen. That's the one with boost, uh, white and generic. Whenever you attack, you know, one one human, which I, I really don't like. As instance, you get defiant strike and opt enchantments. You get rally the uh, rally the ranks. You got four of them in there, and lands. You get twenty two, nine snow covered, nine. So oh, sorry, eighteen snow covered, nine island, nine plains, and then four. Uh, hinge gate pathways or a uh, mystic gate pathways, depending on uh, where you want to go with that. And as I look at this deck, and you know, I've, you know, I, I tried it. It's not that bad depending on your matchup. Now this is a deck that it wants to get out quick. And if you don't have, you know, your one or two well, one mana creatures out there and playing aggressively by turn two, you're going to get smashed. This is like, I hate to say it this way. This deck reminds me of how I used to play 20 years ago. Uh, magic. It, you know, it's like, oh, I remember the good old days. Oh, the glory days of Magic the Gathering. Where I just did stuff and it was, oh, oh, look at this cute little 1-1 one, one spirit. Oh. 
And that's how this deck plays. It's like a very, like, if you're looking to play, like, a real retro game, I hate to say, like, if you're, like, an old NES Super, you know, or regular, you know, Super Nintendo player, this is your type of deck. And it's fun and standard. You know, you do put out 1-1 creatures left and right, and you do bulk them up with Rally the Ranks. Think of it as a glorious anthem for two. It's okay. I mean, the the only cards that you really remo- that have form of removal, you could say, is Skyclave Apparition, and you could use Shacklegeist as a soft removal, but not really because it's still on the board. But it's something you want to consider. It's it's not bad. It it's not slow. But you, you really got to come out of the door quick, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to play this deck in standard. Um, there are much, much better decks out there, but I'm putting this out for you. I, I'm letting you know there is a deck out here, and if you're a spirit player, go for it. Try it. You know, the, uh, I, I want to see spirits do something. But realistically, let's be honest, I, as I said before in the Kalheim uh, spoiler, mm. Oh, you kidding me? This, the way. It's it's how I really feel. It's, but you know, it's not bad. And you know what? I'm excited to see what you guys can do out there. Now, um, this means that we've come to the end of the show. I've, you know, told you, please go out there. Look at these interviews. You'll, you will enjoy them. And also, you know, consider this deck, Casper's Revenge by Jim Davis. And you'll be able to find it at CoolStuffInc.com. Now, uh, just so you're aware, ladies and gentlemen, I am soon to be joining you guys on MTGO. That's right. I'm coming soon. I'm getting everything ready so you can start seeing me play on Twitch. So I hope you guys are ready. All right. Now, remember, you can get at me on Twitter at MTG, uh, MTG Ectoplasm or at MTGEctoplasm at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Give me your insights. Tell me what you would like to hear. Tell me what you want to know. I, I ain't afraid. I ain't scared. Because I think we're a bunch of spirit ghosts, right? Well, you know what, guys? I'll see you next time. <laughs>